Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast, where you'll find fresh messages uploaded weekly. Pathway Church is a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. We hope that what you hear today will help you to take one step closer to Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us, and if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. Awesome. Thanks, guys. That was, uh, that was awesome. I want to invite uh, my father to the stage. His name is Jacques Blay. And uh, if you guys give him a round of applause as he come on, come on up here and join me. I don't know where he's gone. There he is. Hey, Dad. Uh, what a privilege for me to, uh, to be able to hear from my own father on Father's Day. And I know that you're going to be blessed. I've already got to hear the message. I'm looking forward to hearing it again. So uh, prepare your hearts and let's do this. Same message. I know. I'm looking forward to it. It was good the first time. Gonna be good a second time. Am I on now? Oh yes, I'm getting good at this. All right. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Father's Day. Uh, it's nice for Nathan to have asked me. He asked me a few months ago, and that's great. Good son, right? You're supposed to say Amen there. <laughs> I didn't hear Amen. Okay. So. Um, I just want to share a little bit that I come in a home, from a home where uh, I don't play a game, okay? I don't play Monopoly and all that stuff because Nathan is very competitive and, <laughs> and so is his mother. And you know, when I play a game, I want to relax, I want to enjoy it. And you know, uh, they say, oh yeah, I'm going to get you when you come over here. I'm going to take everything you got and you know, like uh, this is not my thing. I just want to relax. I don't want to, you know, uh, kill somebody. Okay? <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to tell you a story. Uh, three years ago or so, my wife did a, a retreat for a woman, and there was about 35 women there. And she asked me, well, what should I do for icebreaker? I told her, I said, well, why don't you do a musical chair? So she said, uh, okay, uh, I'll try that. So she tried that. <clears throat> You know, 35 women, and there was only five chairs left. And you know who were uh, standing up? The one that don't want to give up. I'll get that chair if it kills me. No woman can be like that. (laughs) (laughs) Competitive. Well, never, you know, like it went on, and, you know, they were jumping over a chair and pushing and pulling the chair. Anyway, uh, they ended up calling the uh, 911. Uh, the ambulance service, you know. Um, it wasn't an icebreaker anymore. It was a bone breaker. <laughs> right? So competition. All right? So, so I'm more than the type, you know, if you, know, you want the chair, there you go. I have the chair. I'm not going to fight over it. <clears throat> okay. So today, because it's Father's Day, uh, I want to look to three types of that. Okay? And you're going to put the music on so you can guess the title. Of, no, it's not the title, but... Good. Anybody has an answer on that one? Nobody except Nathan. You heard it before. Oh, you did? Who? All right. The good, the bad, and the ugly. 
That was a movie that was done in the 70s or something like that. And, and that's basically, I want to talk to you um, about that, you know, because I kind of figure out, let's put them in category. Not judge dad, but put them in different category and talk about it. And uh, so the good dad, the bad dad, and the ugly dad. Sounds good. Hey, by the way, Amine has an excellent dad. Let me see your hand. I mean, uh, oh, Nathan put his hand up. That's good. All right. Good. So that, that, that gives us about one-third of the room. One-third of the room. So I'm not far off, you know, by what I see. One-third of the room. That means there might be one-third of bad dad and one-third of ugly dad. Okay? So... Let's see what um, good dad is. Uh, I want to, you probably know. Um, before I say that, I, I just want to say that the mother in the home is a love giver. He didn't ask me to speak on Mother's Day. It would have been so much easier, you know, mothers. I mean, you can only say good thing about mom, right? But father, well, it's different because there's different types of father. And we don't talk about it, but, you know, we don't know which type you had. And it doesn't matter at this point because you want to deal with the issue today. I, I, I marked that down that uh, the father is more or less the DNA giver. You know, like kids want to be like their dad. You know, their dad is so smart, so good. You know, he can do everything. And, and you know, he's honest. And all the quality that dad has, kid want to be like that, you know? And that's, in general, okay, 90% of the time. Um, so the good, the good dad is caring and he's loving, okay? Um, he tells his daughter she's special. He tells her daughter she's beautiful, she's a princess. He speaks word that builds the children. That's good. He tells his son that uh, he's doing good, son. You're doing good. You know, you're awesome. Proud of you, son. You're doing good. That's a good dad. And, uh, you know, um, and then we could spend hours on the good dad, but, and we could bring God into the picture because he's a good dad, okay? But we don't have time. So, the bad dad, okay, remember, bad doesn't mean that he's bad. It means that he didn't say those nice words to the kids, you, you know, you're awesome, you know. He didn't build them up with his word and kind of, we know dad loved us, but he never said nothing. I mean, dad came from war or whatever, my dad and all that stuff, it was hard. I mean, you just, what you saw and whatever. Sometimes it's, you were raised with the boots and hands. You, you raise your kid the same because, you know, I said before, the apple don't fall far from the tree. And, you know, monkey see, monkey do. You end up doing the same thing sometime if you don't stop. And, and it doesn't build his, his kid 
And uh, there's a lot of men. How many married men we have here? You're married. Your wife is here. Okay, this is good. So let's practice on your wife. Guys, you don't want to be a bad husband, do you? So tell her. Okay, look at her. Tell her she's beautiful. Tell her she's special. Honey, you're so sweet. There you go. You're practicing with your wife. There you go. You got to do the same thing with your children. You know, with your young, I mean, you saw those young daughters dancing with the dad. Right? This is good. This is good dad. I'm sure they said nice things. This is what we have to bring into the world. We have to bring kids that know that. And they feel love. They don't have issue in their life. I mean, I went to preach one time in the jail. And, you know, it's 15 guys there. And I said, God loves you. They look at me like, I don't believe you because their dad. They're there because of their dad. You know? So, um, so those are the, the bad dad. Okay? They do love you, but they never said it. So let's categorize that. Now, the ugly... We want to talk about the ugly because one-third of you guys, maybe, had an ugly dad. What's an ugly dad? Okay, I want to... An ugly dad is is a dad that said bad thing. Like maybe you're a loser. Maybe you'll never amount to anything. I don't care about you. Maybe he drank. Maybe he was a fool. I don't know. But those things were real to you. And as you grew up, you were under that. And maybe now you're not under that, but it did affect you to a certain degree. It does. I mean, we saw that. uh, uh, One guy came to me and he, he was angry all the time. Help me with my anger. I don't know. So I sat down with him. I said, Tell me about your dad. Oh, my dad. He was so angry all the time. He said he broke my nose five times. Not made it bleed. Five times as I grew up, he broke my nose. And when I got to be old enough, I stood up to him. And I told him off, and I just about killed him. So this reality, you know, there's a lot of dads, you know. So... I said to him, I said, you, you're just going to have to let that go. I can't. It's real to me. It's in my heart. So we prayed. And I said to him, listen, just let it go. From your heart, let it go. And he did. And you know, I keep seeing him now. Hey, how are you doing? Good. I mean, I don't flare off like I used to. So happy now. I can handle. I get angry, but I don't. Go overboard. It's, it's awesome. So it works. Came from down the line. DNA comes from down the line and it goes from, you know, but you can change. If it's, if it's no good, you can change it. That's why you come to church. You come to church to dump the past. That's no good. You come to church to dump your sin that you've done. You come to church because you want to straighten out your life. And you don't want to look like um, that little thing you're supposed to put on. At this time, it's a cushion, pin cushion, okay? Pin cushion, okay? This is a, 
basically, you know, hurts and things that come in your life. And some people deal with that and some don't. They just kind of accumulate them. But as believer, you come to Christ, you walk with Him, and you remove these things out of your life, one by one. And I'm not saying you're going to be perfect, I'd be lying, but you're going to be much better. Awesome. All right, so, so at this time, uh, I'm going to read the scripture. How many have done something stupid in their life? Oh, yeah, we got more hands up now. We all did, right? And I want to read you the story of the prodigal son. Okay? The father had two sons. One was good. One was bad. Or whatever. And he decided to... I'll, I'll read it to you. Um, maybe. Not the best reader, but you follow me along. I think it's on the screen, is it? Okay. <clears throat> there was a man who had two sons. Okay? The youngest uh, one said to his father, Father, give me my share of my estate. So he gave it to him. And um, he, he shared it between them. Not long after, the younger son got together. All that he had, everything. Okay? And he set off for a distant land, distant country. Okay? After he had spent all, everything that he had, then was a severe, uh, sever, how do you say that? Severe. severe, thank you. Severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. Now, how many have ever heard that story? Probably most of you guys, right? Uh, so he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of this country who sent him to his field. To feed the pig. He longed to fill the stomach with the pod that the pig were eating, but no one gave him anything. Now, you got to picture that, right? The guy is, is in the bottom. He, he, he can't go any lower. I don't think so. And the only thing he can do is come up. And you know, sometimes we are down because what has happened. And Verse 17 says, when he came to his census, he said, okay, how many of my father's higher servants have food to spare and where I am starving to death here, I will send out and go back to my dad and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of calling you just my, son, my father, or you call me your son. Make me just like one of your higher servants, he said to him. So he got up, and he went to his father. Now this is a moving story, and it can go both ways. You know, the father was the good guy. The son was the not-so-good kid. It can, be, it can be that, you know, the dad is not so good and the son is good and whatever. And there's hardship there and, you know, there's different things that happen. But the key verse for today, I want to leave that with you because I want you to remember that. Okay, the key verse is verse 12. When he came to his senses. When, 
meaning there was time in his life at the bottom there, and he came to his senses, meaning, what am I doing this for? Like, you know, I mean, he's been there for a while, and he says, what am I doing this for? What am I doing here? And uh, basically, he said, all right, the light came on. Everybody say that. The light came on. His light came on here. Realize that he's at the bottom here. He better do something to get out of there. Go back to his father and say, Dad, I'm sorry. You know, this is a good dad, and he had to go back and say, he's sorry. So he got up, verse 20, and he went to his father. He got up. And he went to his father. So what I'm saying to you today is there's this time in life where you kind of have to look at your life and say, yeah, maybe I did have a bad father. Never been told and all. It did affect me and whatever. But if you had an ugly father and, and, and he, you know, he was physically abusive. So if he was the word that he said was abusive, abusive. And, you know, the thing that you went through and you just don't want to talk about it, you just forget it and all that stuff because it hurts, you know. It hurts sometimes. So anyway, it's real. And you talk to some people and talk to a guy and, you know, he was only about 10. His father took a bamboo stick, an inch, an inch round, and he beat him until the stick was all flared out. So hard. So much. And you know, so broken. But you know what? The, that was the worst beating anybody can get. But you know what happened? He says, the worst thing is my dad never took me golfing. He was his caddy for his dad for four years as a teenager. But now he still remembered that not one his dad said, son, come on, I want to teach you to play golf. And you know, today uh, he's an alcoholic, can't get past that. And you know what I mean? It's broken. And you know, you can be broken at different level, okay? But it's not to remain broken. It's to be on your way to recovery. Because see, I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody that can hear my words and they mean something, right? So, let's look at it. Um, I want to tell you two stories. Two stories, I'm going fast. They're a real story that happened to me. One at 17, one at 18. I remember they're vivid because of what happened. I mean, it's like I can see it. I mean, I, I, I can remember that far. And uh, I was born in Quebec, and you know, in Quebec, you, everybody plays hockey. And I, I was never a good player, a hockey player, because I can't skate very good. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, I went to, they said, you can't skate, we'll put you in a goalie. So I said, all right, I will be the goalie. Meanwhile, the month before, my grandpa died. Me and him, we were just a pretty good friend. He lived across the road. 
And uh, in inheritance, my grandmother gave me uh, uh, his watch, which broke after three days. That was no good. <laughs> then I got a pair of long john um, with a door at the back. Remember the old pipe there? <laughs> 17 years old. Um, I don't know. Not so good. And then I got this heavy pair of socks, so heavy I couldn't wear them because I, I wouldn't fit in my shoes. They were gray and blue socks. Nice socks, but you can't wear them. So anyway, I got stuck in the goal, and I love goalie. I was quick, sharp, high. Uh, I, mean, I could see and I could move fast, faster than I can move now, but I could move fast. And I would basically stop everything, and everybody would cheer on. It's awesome. You know, you're a celebrity. Wow! I'm, anyway, so I didn't have any uh, total uh, protection, so I figured, I said, I'll take my my grandfather's socks, and I'll put it in my pants, you know, extra protection. <laughs> so I did that, and the course of the game, I mean, you're moving fast and everything, and I kind of saw at the corner of my eye there was a gray and blue line on the glass, on the, on the ice. And it's like the light came on. My socks. <laughs> my sock is on the ice. I'm an open target. <laughs> so I, I go, I look at this, and at the same time, there was a breakaway from the other end. This guy, we were playing against a military guy. He's coming down full speed by himself. Everybody else is there. And he just passed the red line, which is the middle line. And I remember it because I, it's like every second was an hour. I mean, I was looking and coming. I was looking at my sock, and I said, this <laughs> There's no way I can get that socks before he shoots. <laughs> so what I did, I did the protection mode. I put my hand in front here, and I, you know, I pretend I was uh, waiting for the... And, and I was looking, no, inside, you know, I mean, this is awful. <laughs> but, and when he shot from the blue line, you can't see it, no matter how. I mean, from here to the show, there you can't see the, the puck come. And the puck came, and uh, I blanked out. I didn't see nothing. I don't know where the puck went to this day. If it hit me, if it hit the, the board, I don't know. It's like a, I lost time in a moment, in a way. So after the game, I mean, there's, there's uh, being on the edge and being on the edge. And I said to, to myself, this is crazy. The light came on. And I told the guy in the, in the change room, I said, I'm done. I'm done playing. Uh, I mean, everybody wants to destroy you. I mean, that was before they had masks. We didn't have any masks. Now, I got a picture of uh, Terry Sawchuk. Uh, he was a professional goalie. Now, he never wore a mask till at the end. Now, the next picture, that's him. Uh, towards the end of his career, over 600 stitch in his face. And you know what? Uh, it, the light came on before his light came on. <laughs> <laughs> After the first, because the game before, I got cut over the eyes and I got a lump here, and I just, that was enough. I said, these guys are going to kill me. So I said uh, to the in the change room, I said, guys, forget it. I'm, I'm done with uh, playing a hockey. And they said, 
Chicken. Chicken, you're not in the goalie. You're not, everybody's not trying to kill you, right? I figure, you know, with a perfect face like me, like I have, I don't want to look like this guy, annoy. So I quit. Because, you know, when you hold something against your dad, it's, it's kind of like this. You hold it inside, you just don't let go of it, and it affects you. Same way it affects this guy here. He died at 40. Uh, what's this? Uh, cause of death unknown. Man, alive. Look at his face. I know his cause of death. I mean, the guy's got so, he's got stitched from, uh, from his head right all over. You know? So uh, the light came on. I came to my senses and I said, oh, forget it. I'm not playing hockey because this is too, you know, too hard. Anyway, it's not a chicken thing. It's not a chicken thing. Okay. So that was the first story. It affects my life. The second story, it will affect the people around you. If you hold on to things, and I was 18 then, a year later, I hang around with my buddy. There was four buddies. One was my best friend. I grew up with him. We went to school together. And you know, this was the year of the muscle car. I don't know if you remember the muscle car. Some of you may be old enough to remember the muscle car. You know, 65, 66, 67, you know. They had these sedan. sedan. And it was just a real car, and they would put a 400 and something cubic inch in there. You know, all that power, all that muscle. And they gave them to a teenager, 18 years old, <laughs> with no brain. <laughs> so, you know, the car had no brain, the teenager had no brain, and, and this is a... This is a bad match. And uh, my, uh, my friend asked me, he said, on Saturday night, we're going to go drinking to close to Ted for mine. I live close to Quebec City. And the altitude is way different. It's in the mountain. On the way back, I'm a signed driver. I am going to drive this Chevelle SS with this big engine I said, sure and we these guys were plaster they knew I was driving they got plaster and I forgot I was driving so I got drinking too anyway we come out of there I'm driving I said oh yeah okay you drive you better drive it so I drive down and it's just all the way down now there's a hill there and it's two two and a half mile long straight down no curve and I said to him, well, we better see what this baby can do. I mean, you're going down the hill. You don't, I think if I wouldn't have touched the gas, it would have got a lot of speed. But anyway, I got this thing on the floor. I mean, this thing is squealing and turning. I mean, this is awesome. And the guy at the back who owns the car, sitting behind me, he began to say, faster, faster. So... I'm listening to him. I got this thing on the floor, and I'm going on the hill. I over 100, I don't know, but I know that at the bottom of the hill, there's a curve and there's a cement bridge. I lost some of my friend there. They died there because they never made it. So he's crying and yelling at me faster, and I'm already buried the needle. I've got the, my foot is on the floor. 
and I'm going, and I'm half a mile before the bridge. And what happened is, let's stop the car on a pause position like we do with the CD or the DVD, and think a minute. I'm responsible for these guys. There's no way we're going to make that bridge and that curve at that speed. Because if we, if I don't stop, you know, like he's telling me to go, if I don't stop, something bad's going to happen. And, you know, this is my buddy. I grew up with him and all my friends. I love these guys. But I can affect their life. See, holding on to things, even about your dad, can affect your life. And then it will affect your children and it will affect other people around you. And you know, well, what do you do? Well, you just got to let go. So I knew that at the bottom of the hill, if we hit that cement bridge, there was no seat belt in the car. There's no airbag. I mean, we, you know, you just flew off the, the window and you come out all broken in pieces. I mean, so sense coming into me, common sense. The light came on, not on the dash, in my head. The light came on and said, well, what am I doing that for? What am I holding this pedal for? Because I'm responsible for my life, but I'm also responsible for their life. And I'm holding to something that I should let go. So the light came on, and I released the, the, the gas pedal. And we took the, the bridge and the curve, maybe just about lower than 100, maybe 80, 90, I don't remember. But we just made it. At full speed, never would I have made it. That. And as soon as I released the, the gas pedal, this guy behind me who owns the car said, Chicken! I mean, I just saved his life. I just saved his life. And, uh, you know, so the, the ways of the world will say, you know, you hold on to your dad. He hurt you. He did this to you. Don't let him go. But Jesus Christ says, no, you let him go. You forgive him. He's done you wrong. And, you know, the minute you do that to your dad, that doesn't get, he doesn't deserve to be forgiven. Well, we got to look at this, that you probably never deserve to be forgiven. But your heavenly Father has forgiven you. So, what you have to do is let it go. Because, you know, what happened is you grow up with, you know, people have to walk around, eggshell around you because you will explode because your dad said something to you and every time Something happened, it reminded you, and you get upset, and you want to explode. You want to get rid of everybody, you're mad. But you can do something, and we got, what we're going to do is, uh, we're going to pray together. We're going to pray in the street, and uh, we're going to ask God's help. Because on our own, you can't forgive. You can make the decision to forgive. You can say, yes, I see how that happened. Maybe it's not your dad. Maybe it's somebody who molested you. Maybe it's somebody that 
uh, abuse you or some way, and, and you know, you just got to say, I let it go. I let it go. So let's stand up. You know, because I let go of that pedal at that time, a decision that I make on my own, today I have a a nice granddaughter here. I have a nice young grandson here. I have another grandson there. He's hiding a little bit, but he's there. Because of that, Nathan is here today. Because Nathan is here today, this church is here today. You guys are are in a good church. So the decision that you make in your life, when your whole thing affects you, you don't want to let go, and you know what? People get depressed because there's pain there. They don't want to let go. It's just got to just let go. And for some people, it's not easy. Other people, it's easier. It's a personal decision that you make. You can make that decision here. You can go home and say before God, God, I forgive him. And, you know, I love my dad and all that stuff. So if you had a good dad, as I finish, good dad, just tell him today. Say, Dad, you're awesome. I so love you. He needs to hear that. A pair of socks, a shirt, is a great gift. But the gift that he wants is, is your heart. He wants, you know, he wants to hear it. If you had a bad dad, hasn't said much, you do the one who goes to him and say, Dad, you know, that one time, one time maybe, uh, you said uh, something, uh, and I remember, and uh, you know this, uh, thank you for saying this. You know, I love you, Dad. Just pick one little thing that he may have done. And for the ugly dad, it's harder. But you got to look. Maybe your dad is dead. Just yell at the heavens and say, Dad, I let go of everything. I forgive. He's not going to hear you, but you're going to hear yourself. Or if he's alive, you be the first one to go there and say, Dad, my heart has decided to just forgive everything. You're my dad, and I love you. It's not easy, but it has to be done. And I want to thank you guys. I'm going to pray, and we're going to close. Heavenly Father, thank you for this gathering. Thank you, Father, that when we come in this place, we mean business with you, Lord. And Father, if today all I did is challenge your people to come to a sense and to make a decision about the hurt of the past or the things that has happened, well, I've accomplished what I'm supposed to do. I want to thank you for everyone in this room. I thank you, Lord, that you bless everyone for today, that they may go in peace knowing that you love them, and that they love their dad. We give you thanks, and we pray in Jesus' name. And all the saints said, Amen. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Pathway Church Podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website, pathwaylife.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. See you next week.